We are live. Hey, Thomas Cox here with Taylor Sunderhouse. We are the Small Business Download, and today's podcast is about following up and closing. Now, that's a follow-on to the prior episodes about selling, about marketing, uh, how do you have sales conversations. By now, if you've been following along or you just have a life and you're out there as a small business person trying to sell or deliver, uh, you're going to find yourself in a position where you to do some follow-up and needing to close loops and close sales. Uh, now, closing in for today, we're mostly talking closing sales, but it really it could mean almost anything. So here's the overview of what we're going to talk about today. Um, what is follow-up really and why does it matter? And how do you do it? And how do you stay in the driver's seat if other people aren't cooperating with you in your attempts to do follow-ups? What is closing and why is that important? And how can you close in particularly closing sales? in a way that feels authentic and not pressury or slimy or that transforms you into that gross salesperson cartoon that you can't stand. Uh, and the good news is that this is all possible and we'll walk you through that. All right. So, uh, Taylor, anything I should have mentioned in that overview that I didn't? That sound about right? Uh, no, that, that sounds... That sounds... Uh, spot on. I'm quite interested in this because Excellent. this this seems to be, you know, uh, for lack of a better description, the money maker step. <laughs> close, it, it, this, close the deal. <laughs> close, yes. Yeah, closing, so, closing the deal is the difference between making money and not making money. Because yep. you, you can generate all the leads you want and have all the sales conversations you want, but if the deals don't close, no one hires you and you don't get paid. And that makes this a very worthy step. Now you have to do the prior steps first, but you still have to, to close it up. So let's talk about the follow-up. Following up and closing are related, but they're not identical. And follow-up is any kind of uh, closing of an open loop, to just be somewhat metaphorically, and maybe not so metaphorically. I'm going to share a diagram on screen here, uh, as Taylor has to permission to share a screen, but I'll describe it. So a follow-up is any time Let's say I've set an expectation with somebody and now I need to uh, fulfill the expectation that I set. Like, oh, I'll get that email out to you tonight. Well, then tonight I better send the email. That's me following up. Uh, and that's the easy kind of follow-up. And it's the one that's, you know, we're comfortable doing that. We have to make sure we do it because if you fail to do it, you start looking flaky. So right? basically... Basically, do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do and keep careful track of what you said you would do or what you implied you would do. Because people will form expectations of what you're going to do based on what they thought they heard you say or what the last person they hired said or meant or culturally how they expect things to, to unfold. So this can get tricky quickly. If you don't follow up on the expectations you yourself set, um, you can transform from being someone they were really interested in working with to you'll start looking flaky and they won't want to work with you. Uh, so following up is a way of demonstrating integrity that your words and your actions are RS1. They are the, when I say I'll do a thing, I do the thing. So follow-up is where you demonstrate integrity to other people. It's very, very crucial for that reason. There's a harder form of follow-up, and that is when the other person owes you something and they don't seem to have done it. And sitting passively waiting for them to do it is either 
you can't afford that or it's not your style or you've listened to this podcast and you realize that you're, that you're going to go hungry compared to if, if only you could take the initiative to close that loop that got open between the two of you, then the other person's not fulfilling them. So how do you broach the subject, remind them, ask, pull teeth, some people say, it can feel like trying to get others to do stuff that you're now expecting from them. That's the second kind of follow-up, and it's not it's not fun. So I said close a loop. Let me let me like pick this graphically. And the folks who are listening on the audio version of this, of course, won't see it, but I'll describe it. Uh, there's two actors here: an asker and a doer. This is called the accountability loop. Uh, it's based on some wonderful work by Fernando Flores and uh, Terry Legrad. And the asker initiates a request of some kind, like pass me the salt, please. And then there's a bit of negotiation. Maybe there's two different salt shakers nearby and you gotta figure out which one you meant. And then the doer actually does pass you the salt and then you nod graciously or say thank you in order to accept their performance. Or it could be, hey, Taylor, set, set up a server for me and then negotiate what that means exactly. And then it actually gets done through performing and then there's an acceptance phase where the person acknowledges that they have indeed gotten what they asked for. And these steps are all four together constitute one complete accountability loop. And follow-up happens inside this loop that during perform, the asker might have questions and the doer might need clarification. During negotiate, you might say, hey, I'll get back to you tomorrow with some specs. Uh, and they don't get back to you. Right. And so there's an internal uh, pinging back and forth between the two players as they work their way around this accountability loop. Uh, and following up, it keeps that ball rolling uh, or, or fails to if you don't follow. Okay. So the way to follow up when you, you're the one that has the expectation on you that you're going to perform is simple. You just do it. You keep in meticulous track of the promises and expectations that you're setting. Uh, promises you're making, expectations you set, track that rigorously, uh, proactively explain to people what they should be expecting from you and what it look like. When I say, Taylor, I will follow up with you next week, what I mean is I will send you an email uh, using the email addresses we've already been using for, for uh, our exchanges. Uh, I mean, that might seem like, wow, that's over the top, Thomas. Yeah, well, good habits can seem a little... Um, much, you will you will be glad when you run into people for whom these things are ambiguous. When you are meticulous and you are super clear, yeah, you Tom, can bring extra clarity. It it just makes it easier for everyone. Taylor, this seems like where attention to detail really really comes into play here. Uh, yes, you know, when, you, when you when you when you when you say what you're going to do. I mean, mm -hmm. you really got to be clear. You know, if I say I'm going to follow up with you, uh, that's a just, vague statement. What just making mean? that statement is, is vague. Uh, am I going to text you? Am I going to fax you? Am I going right. to email you? Are we, are we going to do a zoom call? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the less physical, the less visualizable the expectation, the more they'll fill in the blanks with their own imaginations, expectations, prior experiences, whatever. So I expect we said you'd follow up. I expected you'd send me a registered certified letter because he works in some industry where that's how things are done. I'm making that up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but 
people make people fill in blanks with their imagination and following up is a generic statement and how you follow up i'll follow via email uh, unless things get time critical and then i will both send the email and i will also text you on your mobile number is that okay okay great oh no you prefer to get things on on telegram all right super i'll make a note and hopefully i keep track of that uh, so those of you who have great attention to detail, following up is a place for you to shine because you will be demonstrating your integrity and your meticulousness, your attention to detail, all things people love in their product or service providers. Okay, what do you do when follow-up, I think we've we, we established that follow-up matters, okay? If you're showing that you're interested and organized, uh, if you're dropping the ball, it shows you're uninterested or, and or disorganized, this is a differentiator in the sales. Okay, now what do you do when the other person owes you information and you're passively waiting on them and you nag them? Do you sit quietly and kind of let the clock run out? I would follow up with them. Yes, meaning what exactly? Uh, well, uh, hey, well, for... still waiting on that thing from you. Hello, you still you still want to do business with me? Uh, you don't want to sound whiny. Like, well, don't you love me anymore? Yeah, but, that's true. And, and you know how it's going to come across. And if you've got your own baggage around being needy, like I don't want to, I don't want to annoy them by, you know, sending an email every twelve hours or every three days or whatever. But I don't want this to go dark. And so, uh, maybe you feel no anxiety about that. Yay, you! Um, until someone tells you you're being annoying. Uh, but here's the trick. Expectation setting about the follow-up can include, um, well, here's what I do. Uh, you know, it's, it'll get back to me. Uh, I'm going to say, great, how long should I allow for that? In other words, by what date or time will it clearly be late so it's okay for me to start worrying? Well, well before you can determine that, I would also think about what, but that's, what that's was, literally what I asked them. I literally say, "Hey, Fred, so you're going to get you're going to get back to me with the pricing, right? That's right. Uh, okay, super. And you know, any idea roughly how long it's likely to take you? Oh, I can have it this afternoon. Yeah, okay. And you might also get busy. When's the absolute latest that you're likely to get it to me, such that it's later than that? I can start worrying and I can like reach out and say, "Are you okay? Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll tomorrow. Tomorrow, end of day at the absolute latest. Okay, super, super." So around five o'clock the next day, I feel empowered now because he set the deadline. I can say, you said by end of today that I could worry and I'm starting to worry. Are you, is there something you find that, there's another question you can always insert. Is there something you need from me to help you take that next action? You know, you, because often there is, and like, oh, I need to get the pricing from the Thomas. Uh, oh, but I don't have this information from him. Uh, I'm so busy, I'll ask him later, uh, time runs out. Um, if they're stuck or overwhelmed or busy or distracted or confused, it may be hard for them to ask. Uh, so a standard thing I do when I follow up with somebody, when they're, they're the one with the ball and I'm the one waiting, is before the waiting period starts, I ask them how long I should expect and how long should we allow for and at what point is it okay for me to follow up and start worrying quote start worrying is the phrase I use you can find your own uh, in that follow-up I'll say is there anything you need from me because sometimes there is and often there isn't but I'm still on this 
I'm trying to be helpful uh, posture rather than some sort of nagging, demanding, annoying person who's cracking a whip or making them feel even more overwhelmed by the overwhelm that's overwhelming them. So that's how you stay in the driver's seat when you're the one needing the follow-up from the other person. Uh, I'll say something like, hey, it sounds like your process is, you're going to talk it over with your partner. Um, what expectations should I have about how long that'll take realistically? Like, when should I, when should I be following up with you? Question mark. And that's how you leave them with the action, but you now have uh, a ticking clock. And if that time elapses, you've already established you have permission to follow up with them. Is this making sense? Yes. Yes. There you go. So that so that's it. You you you. If you're ever feeling awkward and not sure what to do, think so, about finding a way in a prior step, or rather the next time through, to get per the permission you need to do the thing you need to do. So I'm going to uh, play the newbie here. Great. And say, okay, Tom. I went through this process, mm -hmm. and the the person that. I would like to close the deal with set the expectation uh that ha expectation has done and gone mm. and here i am several hours now past that deadline or expectation okay. um and for the sake of this conversation i'm not somebody who is great with wording Right. So I want to, uh, I'm very worried because I'm very worried that uh, I am not going to come across correctly. Is there some tips we can offer folks on kind of just general uh, do's and don'ts on wording, uh, you know, stuff that maybe, you know, words that maybe put you on the nagging side versus the right. non-nagging side? Right. Um, I would say you want to use the word you a lot and the word I very little. Uh, for your follow-up, let's say it's an email. Uh, hey, I, I hope this note finds you well. You you may recall, comma, we agreed. We closed this loop by end of day yesterday. And I recall hearing you say, not you said, um, I recall hearing you say, or I got the impression that um, gotcha. it would be okay for me to follow up with you if I hadn't heard from you by the end of the day yesterday. Oh, you so, want to make it sound like uh, uh, a friendly inquiry, not an interrogation. Yes, and open to the possibility that maybe I, the author who's asking for a follow-up, maybe I misunderstood the timing. Uh, hey, hope you're okay. I got the impression that uh, I should expect to hear from you yesterday. I didn't. Um, check my spam filter. Didn't see anything there. Uh, wondering, if, you know, do you need more time? Is there something else you need from me? Uh, is something come up that's preventing you from following through? Is what what new expectations should I have now? Gotcha. Oh, and yeah, because you and you can add. Uh, if I don't hear anything from you here the next day, I'll, I'll call you. Right. 
if, right. I, if I don't hear from you, I will X. Right? And I just put it put it in the mail, uh, which means now you actually, you've just set an expectation of what you're gonna do. So now I have to, if I tell Fred, hey, Fred, you know, I haven't heard from you, uh, if I don't hear from you by the end of today, uh, I'll, I'll call, I'll, I'll call you. Well, now, now I have to call him because I said I would, you see. So I set the expectation and I, now I've taken back initiative. I've gotten back the control of the tempo of the conversation. I don't control the person, but I control the tempo by setting a new expectation that, hey, I haven't heard from you, so I will check back in a day to see if you're okay, but I'll use a phone call instead of this email thing. Because if you're not getting responses from email, the answer is not more email. If you're not getting responses from emails, don't keep sending emails, change modality. Switch text messages, switch the phone calls, try something else. Well, is Tom, isn't that the same with everything, not just email specifically? So let's say, for example, uh, any model. Not if, you're, if you're texting and texting and texting, try email. If you're emailing and emailing and that's not working, try text. Drop by their office. Um, call them with a voice call. Drop them a postcard. Nobody ever does that. But you could. Um, mm -hmm. or, or, or what have you. But you just shift things around. Uh, because there may be a technical hiccup. Maybe their their phone got wedged somehow. You know, they lost it. Like I, I work with somebody whose whose voicemails routinely vanish for months at a time. It's completely baffling and it's infuriating them that they can't find voicemails sometimes. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I try to debug it. I can't. It, it's it, bizarre. It, it also is possible an IT guy like myself is working on their email system, which would yeah, prevent them from receiving Bingo. So again, you don't want to assume the worst. You want to just stay in the driver's seat, try a couple things, and, and have this playbook in your mind that if you, two emails go unanswered, if you do send a third email accompany it with a phone call, a text, some it, other it, modality. In my mind, you know, let's say I'm sending the client emails and they're not responding. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I would call them and the way I'd phrase it is is uh, hey Tom, um, uh, I sent a few emails, but I'm not sure my email is working. Yeah, um, that's not sure it got through. Yeah. Can you uh, can you double check or should I call my IT guy? <laughs> right. As opposed to, I've emailed you several times and you have not been responsive. And that exactly. is not acceptable. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of not the tone you might want. Unless that is your tone and the other person is, you know, your service provider and you want I've known a few people who are very sort of critical negative as their reflexive behavior. And if that's you, I, I'm not going to pay to be a different person. Um, although you might want to be. Anyway, I, I have, let's, let's talk have, about closing. I don't want to dwell on, on follow. We, I think we've beaten this one quite thoroughly uh, and we've covered the ground in about as much detail as I'd intended to. Uh, so, you, so you've got the follow-up, right? You, you understand what follow-up is. Uh, at the beginning of the show notes, I actually explained the difference between follow-up with a hyphen and follow-up without. Very important to get it spelled right. Uh, so, okay, follow-up is, is separate from closing, but it's an integral part of closing. So what is closing, really? Um, and the word closing comes, as I understand it, from the world of real estate, where there's a closing ceremony, where all the pre-work has been done, and all the pri you know, prior arrangements have been made, and money's put in escrow. 
and then everyone sits down and signs a bunch of things. And at the end of that closing meeting, the property is actually transferred to the other to the, to the buyer. The seller relinquishes ownership of the property. The money changes hands. It's like that. There's a moment when all of these things occur uh, in that special closing meeting. There's where I believe is the the origin of the word closing for all sales. And what it really means is the person has committed to the purchase. They put their credit card in and hit submit uh, into some web form. Or they've said, I'd like to buy this, please, at a retail counter. They hand the clerk the thing they want to buy. They hand over their money or their credit card. They have committed to the purchase. Uh, like I can't see it here, but I have a bookcase in my office that I, try, I, I purchased in November. And it is now July. And it just showed up yesterday. Now, when when did I when was that closed? It was closed back when I paid for it, not when not when it was delivered. So closing is the buyer committing, and I have a, a technique uh, I want to share with you. It's my favorite closing technique. It's not the only one by any means, uh, and the take it's the technique of no technique, if you will. It's the the, the zero pressure closing. We'll summarize the conversation so far. So it sounds, Fred, like you want to uh, solve this problem and you're fine with my price and you're fine with the schedule that I've laid out. So what do you want to do right now? And if he looks totally baffled, I say, shall we just close the deal and you pay for it? Like what, what for you, what's the next step? And say, oh, well, no, I haven't talked to my wife yet. Okay, great. Then I didn't. I didn't say what the next step, I asked what the next step is, because I might have missed something. And usually it's like, I'm, I'm ready to buy, let's do it. Oh, okay, awesome. Uh, how do you want to pay? Credit card, cash, check. Uh, you can maybe invoice you, you can give me a purchase order, whatever the size and scope is appropriate. Uh, and so it's simply, my advice is never be more eager to sell than the buyer is to buy. Because if you're eager, it can feel weird and pushy. Uh, I'll also say something like, hey, from my perspective, the next step is either for you to buy this or tell me no. And no's fine. You know, I'm, I'm not for everybody. Uh, what do you want to do? And you just shut up. And they'll, they'll make a decision. Now, sometimes it's not clear if I've answered all the questions. So I'll say, what else would you need to know before you make your final decision whether to buy? And if they say, well, I've really got any questions. Okay. What do you want to be doing? I already said that the next step is either to buy or answer your questions. And you said you had no questions. So, okay. What do you want to do? And usually it's, I want to go for it. Um, if you don't get a strong yes at this point, if they don't feel willing to commit, um, they say, well, I guess I guess I want to buy. They seem really tentative. I'm not sure. It's like, well, hang on a second. Uh, if this doesn't feel like a strong yes to you, maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe we should just say no. And if they're looking for permission to say no and you say that, uh, you know, yeah, I was kind of worried about it last night. I just, I just have these doubts. Like, let it go and walk away. The last thing you want is a reluctant buyer who's harboring secret doubts and kind of wishes they wouldn't buy from you. Uh, it's a setup for, for struggle and failure. 
you know, you can always you can always go back several steps in the sales process and say, well, let's see if we got the right fit. Maybe you know, maybe I misunderstood the problem, or maybe you're just not ready to, to move to solutions yet. Or you know, let's let's think it through. Or you can just walk away. Not every person's going to buy. So that to me is is the way to close is to make sure that they're that you maintain the tempo and you make a space and a time for them to commit to buy. Does that make sense? Uh, totally, totally. Um, I think me being a people person and sometimes Chatty Kathy sitting there with my mouth shut is hard because sometimes so the hardest wanna, thing. Well, remember, so you're not, just wanna, if you're if you're telling, you're not selling. That's true. Okay. At some point, you need to give them control of this purchase decision and say, if you have no more questions. Um, Maybe it's time to decide if you want to buy or not. What do you, what do you, <laughs> yeah. what do you want to do? And, and because there's no pressure from me, um, they have to confront themselves and ask that question. And if the answer right. is yes, and, and if you've done your research and you've done your due diligence and you've helped them identify their problems and the discomfort of having that problem and the pleasure they anticipate having that problem solved, uh, you know, and it's within their budget and so on. Well, so, so Tom, let's say, you know, that the client says no, is there anything wrong with following up with that by saying, well, you have my contact information. If anything changes in the future, feel free to reach out. Oh, of course you'll say that. Uh, otherwise, you want to maintain dialogue. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, okay. Otherwise, you know, I, I appreciate your time. Yeah. And, and in fact, remember, no, no never really means no. No means not now. I'll repeat that. No doesn't mean no. No means not now. So if you're, we're going to buy from me and Taylor said, you know, this doesn't feel right. I, I think the answer has to be no. Say, oh, okay. So, so it's over, right? We're done. You're, you're no. Is that fair? We're done. And you say, yeah. Says, okay, great. So now that it's over, um, what do you think you are going to do about your problem? Right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it sit. Okay. Uh, for how long? Any thoughts? You know, and I'm not attached to what the answer is. I'm, I'm just, I'm their witness. I am, I am curious. I'm interested. They have my attention. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to wait you know, it's not raining now. It's not the rainy season. I don't need to solve this for at least a couple months. Okay. Uh, you think it's, you think you're gonna, how, how long do you think you want to leave, leave it alone? Probably told, you know, a couple months. Okay. So do you want me to be following back up with you right before the rain start or right after the rain start in the fall? Or, you know, how can I best be of service to you on this? And so now you're still, you're still in the game. And you, by helping them get clear on what's right for them to do, by being the, the witness, the coach, the, the curious onlooker, the, so, the conversation partner, uh, helping uh, them reach clarity on what's right for them makes you valuable, even if your service isn't the service they buy. And they've got a good taste in their mouth. They liked working with you. You didn't try to push them into the wrong thing. You weren't hungry for their money. You're really hungry for them to get their needs met. That's what you want. 
Uh, and that, wow, I, I want to come and not buy from you all again, because <laughs> well, you're, you're serving them. You're yeah, being the, a good human being. The example you just gave, um, for me, I'd be honest, I'd be afraid to go down that line of questioning. Because? Uh, to me, I would be afraid it would be interpreted as interrogating. So you're just going to leave it sit there? When do you plan on getting it fixed? Well, it, it, you know what's it's going to rain again. Okay. <laughs> you know what's what I mean? your tone? Like, All right. What's your tone of voice? And are you saying this to try to trap them into something? I'm going to trap you into seeing that you're logically contradicting yourself. And the only way out is to buy from me. I'm going to say, great. So your strategy is to leave it alone. A lot of folks do that. Uh, that can be, it might be a cash flow issue, by the way. You might not want to admit it. Uh, but, you know, fixing a, a leaky roof that isn't currently leaking and we're not going to have rain for three, for three more months in this part of the country. It's like, there's really no urgency on that. It's like, and if he says, yeah, I'm just going to wait for the first rains. I'll see how bad it is. And I'll, I'll, I'll find somebody then. Okay. Um, can I, can I tell you one thing about the, that strategy? Um, right now, I and every other roof repair place, we've got plenty of time, we've got plenty of bandwidth, we've got nothing, very little to do. Um, and our prices are fairly, uh, the lowest they are all year and our availability is quick. When the first rains hit, my phone rings off the hook, I get booked out weeks in advance and I can't find any additional help and you'll be on a waiting list. Is that gonna be okay? See, I'm, I'm, I'm in their shoes, I'm looking at it from their perspective, I'm giving them additional information about how it's gonna unfold that they might not have thought of. And I'm not saying that what they have to do, but I'm helping them think through the consequences of their strategy right. in a way that's in right. service to them. So, so, so I guess I just, there's a correct way to approach it. I just, you just gotta make sure. It, it goes back to some of the examples you gave a follow-up. It, it, it's the wording or the language. You wanna be sure you're, yeah, you're, you're it, being it's, their it's, friend. It's, and it's, that. The, it's the tone. Yeah, not, not just friendly, but you truly are, you, you truly care about them. You truly have their best interests at heart and you're letting them see it. Right. And a right. good service provider, a good product provider always has the customer's best interests at heart. You always only want to do business with somebody who's better off surrendering their money and taking your product or service and would be worse off if they didn't. And you can help them see that and it's their choice, right? It should always be win-win or no deal. Uh, and you're trying to find out, is it really a win-win? And if, they, if they're if th thinking they can, oh, I'll wait for the first rain and then I'll, I'll find someone to repair my roof. Um, good good luck. Um, you, you probably, you, I don't know how much time you spend in the roofing business. I've been in 20 years. Um, I'll tell you right now, I, I, I see a problem with that and I foresee some, some pain. Now, reading between the lines, I'm wondering if you know, your spouse is holding the cash with an iron fist. And, you know, maybe I'm projecting here a little bit from my own personal experience. Uh, and you have to have a leaking roof in order to prove the urgency in order to get this, you know, through the decision-making process. Uh, it, it actually has to stuff. look, it actually has to look broke. It has to look broken, right. <laughs> and, and, okay, and by the way, you can put a, a, a lawn, spr lawn sprinkler on the roof and run it for a couple of hours. And test and test the roof that way and generate a leak. Uh, and 
you know, do that in the dry season uh, and maybe move up your timeline. You know, for instance, I don't know if that appeals to you. Uh, I actually did that when I was younger, but not not for testing the roof. It's just to uh, make my sister think it was storming outside. <laughs> but you know, that's a whole other story. I love it. <laughs> well, you get the idea. So, so follow up, following up in closing is really about you know, like we said about you know marketing and you know, the other types of selling is having integrity, being clear on the value you bring getting into honest dialogue with people, making sure that what you do is right for them and helping them see it and helping them think through the consequences of their own actions in a way that really is in service to them. Uh, and I will often use phrases, and I use this a lot. I do this for you, Taylor, a lot. I say, is it okay if I, you know, ask a question? Is it okay if I, I think I see a problem with your thinking. Um, is it okay if I tell you what that is? And usually they're always going to say, yeah, sure. Stop asking. Come on. Out with it. Okay, I'd rather they have that than have me like pushing my ideas on them before they're ready to hear them. Well, and a, and a person and a, and a person who says, yes, tell me, is more ready to hear it than a person who's still thinking about the last words out of my mouth and isn't ready for that next sentence. The, the way you, the way, the way it's approached and specifically mm -hmm. the way you approached it, uh, it actually, in my mind, serves as twofold. Yeah. One is uh, it doesn't come across in a negative way. And right. two, you're getting to know me. So by you asking those questions mm -hmm. and by you seeing my reaction and getting my, my response or my answer, you're, okay. you're, you, you know how I am. So, you know, now if that comes up again, it's not a big deal. You know me, you know. I do like this or don't like that, et cetera. Yeah, hopefully and, I'm paying yeah. attention to your style and your, your demeanor and your habits and your way right. of thinking. And, them yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm blending with you. I'm getting to know you. I'm working with the you that you are. Well, cir circling back around, you know, with following up and closing, it's, it's understanding your client, understanding yeah. what they like, how to communicate with them. Yeah. Uh, some, some, how do clients, they like to buy? How yeah, do they, what, what's their buying process? Do they have to like come up to the brink of buying and back away three times? I do that a lot. I drive salespeople crazy because I get to the edge of buying. I think, nope, I'm not ready to commit yet. Don't know why. I'm just not. Sorry. Um, let's talk in a few weeks. And I go dark. And then I come and then either they follow up or I follow up and I come back and say, you know, I'm still thinking about it. Can I have another product demo? Uh, or, or whatever it is. And sometimes I know exactly why I'm delaying. And other times I'm just not sure. Right. Uh, I'm just my, my natural question that would be um, is there uh, any questions you might have thought of that weren't answered originally that I could? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, are you hope, what, what are you hoping a second demo would tell you that the first one didn't? Yeah. Did I, did I miss something? I missed, did I miss something? Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Have, have your needs changed? Have you said you're thinking of all? Uh, yeah. I'll, work, I'll happily work you into the schedule. Uh, I recorded the last demo. Maybe you can watch that again. Or, or is there new are there new requirements that have come up, or you have new thoughts, or you just want to see it with fresh eyes, or you want to you know bring another decision maker in for a joint demo so they can see it too? Can Can I go into more detail on something specific about yeah. the thing I demoed? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, I would say, should can we take five minutes to revisit your needs and make sure I, I'm that you know that hasn't evolved or changed or 
you're thinking maybe he's gotten deeper or right. know, of course it's been a while so i've probably forgotten some details even though i've taken extensive notes hopefully <laughs> well tom thank you as always yeah so just to wrap up you know follow-up is a crucial part of any kind of accountability loop any kind of expectation setting has to be then met with the expectation fulfillment and and follow-up that is the fulfillment of an expectation previously set is always welcome. Everyone's near wellness. Uh, people are very happy, or at least they feel a sense of satisfaction and closure when an expectation got set and then it gets met. And part of how you stay in the driver's seat and following up with prospects and people who might be buying from you is you keep setting expectations that you have permission to initiate contact either immediately or after a certain period of time you know just you're not a cop you're not there to make them wrong or bad or wicked because they didn't get back to you when you wanted them to you simply say hey is there are you have any more questions is there anything else you need to hear from me as you as you move forward uh how much time do you feel you'll need to make your next step and when would it be okay for me to follow up? Is, is next week all right? Do you want two weeks? What's what's good timing for you so that my follow-up in a way that's proactive, not annoying? And if you're not in dialogue with them because you forgot to ask that, you can just put it in an email and say, hey, hadn't heard from you. I normally follow up once a week. So I'll just do that until you tell me not to. If this is annoying you, please tell me. And right. just assert, this is my normal thing. Uh, and make sure that you're open to them asking for it to change. And if you know, they feel they've got a sense of control, which they do because you're very responsive to them, uh, they're very unlikely to be annoyed. So follow up with heart, close with love, and uh, you will do very, very well. Oh, yes. Yes, and uh, we hope you all grow grow and have a very successful business absolutely you have whatever you choose on, to on, do questions on this topic or any other we'd love to hear them we're always planning another episode we'd love to get suggestions and questions info at smallbusinessdownload.com is the email address oh and tom mm -hmm. let me set expectations excellent uh for those listening you might notice there are no events out there more events out there on social media don't worry, we're still having more episodes, more events will be posted. Yes, indeed. So, um, uh, but like Tom said, if you have any questions or uh, uh, think you can contribute to the podcast in any way, we're always open. You can email us at info at uh, smallbusinessdownload.com. All the links to subscribe are also there, smallbusinessdownload.com, uh, YouTube for video, and then uh, we're on iHeartRadio and, of course, anywhere uh, you subscribe and get your podcasts. Subscribing is the best way because the second we complete an amazing episode to improve your business, uh, you will get it instantly. Things to look forward to. I, I think we're going to have some future topics that include setting and managing expectations. We touched on that today. Obviously, we'll go into even more detail on how to set and manage expectations internally and externally. And uh, I'm planning another episode on handling details without overwhelm. Uh, that'll be a very autobiographical episode because I have a problem with that personally. So I'm looking forward to those. Thank you so much, Taylor. I really appreciate working with you. 
Yep. Same here, Tom. See you all next time. Take care.